Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I am your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is June 19th, 2020, which means I'm on day 188 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Right off the bat, we got to talk about this guy who was flying from Vancouver, Canada to Toronto and he lit up a smoke halfway in the flight, which wasn't the only reason they diverted to Winnipeg and arrested him. Also, he refused to wear a face mask, which clearly you can't do while you're smoking a cigarette, so I don't understand why they didn't put two and two together. But still, this guy lit up a smoke, refused to wear a mask, and for that he's facing three criminal charges and up to $13,000 worth of fines. That's incredible. Just think about it. If you don't wear the mask, you can end up in jail now. Yes, if you're on a flight, you're saying, I'm not masking, no way, I'm not Carol Baskin, I'm not masking. What is the deal here? I mean, just put the mask on until they walk away and then look out towards the window and kind of slide it off your face. That's what I'm going to do, because I I will admit, I'm not going to be able to ride on an airplane, I'm not going to be able to fly anywhere with the mask covering my face. Already I have trouble breathing when I'm up in the sky like that. I got crappy lungs. They're gone. Now, I'm wearing a face covering that's going to block my ability to actually inhale. That's garbage. I understand this guy, but in his case, he also lit up a smoke... And that is a big-time no-no. Just think about it. People don't like when you hotbox weed in their own home and you don't smoke weed. You're sitting there you're like, man, how could you hotbox this? Now I'm inhaling some nanograms of THC and I never wanted to. How could you do this to me? But here, this guy thinks it's okay to light up a smoke in a teeny little fuselage of a plane that people are going to be huffing that secondhand smoke without choice. I mean, what is this, the 1960s? You cannot smoke on a plane, doofus. So this dude, he's screwed for being rude and smoking his smokes and not wearing a face mask. So be careful out there, folks. When you're flying on a plane, I guess be sure to wear a mask unless you want to pay $13,000 and have the plane diverted to another city on account of you. It seems like all we talk about lately is Mike Tyson. That's weird, right? He's old. He's 53. But who's he going to fight in this charity exhibition match he has planned? Will it be Evander Holyfield? Will it be, you know, will it be Tyson Fury, the heavyweight boxing champ? Will it be a UFC fighter who's retired like Ken Shamrock? Well, with all the Mike Tyson fight talk aside, what about the Jamie Foxx biopic about Mike Tyson? Yes. Jamie Foxx will be playing Iron Mike in a biopic called Finding Mike, which I think is going to be awesome. Just remember how great Jamie Foxx was at portraying Ray Charles. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't personally know Ray Charles. As a kid, I only knew him from the Coca-Cola commercials, and it was awesome. You know, he was, they would do the zoom out view of him playing a piano and singing about the little jingle and man he must have loved that stuff and so for me 
that's how I grew up knowing Ray Charles, and I only knew his mannerisms and the little nuances that he would do from those commercials, and it seemed to me like Jamie Foxx killed it. He did a great job. In fact, he won an Oscar for that role, so I'm certain everyone else believed the same thing. People who actually knew Ray Charles probably agree with me on that. So I'm excited to see him portray Iron Mike in this biopic. Will it be about Mike Tyson's struggles? About his supposed rape scenario when he went to jail? Will it be about the time he bit off Evander Holyfield's ear because he knew he was getting beat in a boxing match? Will it be the end of his career getting beaten by an almost nobody to finish him off, which was his actual last fight, believe it or not? Or will it be about young Mike Tyson learning tough lessons in life and becoming the champion that he eventually became, buying a mansion and cars and having ladies around him, owning a tiger? I mean, this guy has had a pretty cool life, even with all the you know, possible negative things that we could say about him or could portray about him in this movie, I think, for the most part, it'll be a movie of triumph and a person who learns life lessons, and no one is better at just turning into a character than Jamie Foxx. That guy is an absolute actor chameleon. He can just just change into whatever actor he wants, and he said it all stems from when he was young, he would simply do impressions of Ray Charles and Mike Tyson and people around him thought they were so great that he rolled with it with the Ray Charles thing and actually learned how to really portray him. And as far as the Mike Tyson thing, it's a crazy story. It turns out when Jamie Foxx was a stand-up comedian, mostly, I'm sure he still does it, but when he mostly did this, he was in a club, he was 21, and he was making fun of Mike Tyson. He was just cracking jokes. And before the main joke about Mike came out, where he, he impersonated him, and it was going to be pretty offensive, the producers from the back of the stage told him that Iron Mike was in the crowd. And at that time in his career, I mean, he was knocking people out left and right for just looking his direction. So if this joke wasn't good and with good taste... Chances are Jamie Foxx was going to get knocked out after he got off stage. But sure enough, they were told that Mike said to go ahead with the joke, to continue the impersonation of him. He loved it. Everyone laughed. Jamie Foxx got a standing ovation. And of course, they've been friends ever since. Which means I cannot wait for this biopic. I'm certainly going to watch it. And I expect to see both controversy and personal triumph. Things are getting out of control with the erasing history scenario going on. They are tearing down every single statue that has any even slight connection with Confederacy or any connection to some type of long-gone slavery of any kind, even anything that has to do with Christopher Columbus. People are going nuts just trying to wipe away history, which is a problem. Because if you don't have the history there to remind you what you've done wrong, then you repeat the same mistakes that you made previously. History exists so that we can avoid 
making the same mistakes of the past. That's why it's there. But now things are getting crazy and just truly nutty with the taking away of Aunt Jemima because people are offended that the character depicts an oppressed kitchen aid black woman or taking away the Texas Rangers baseball team name. What does that have to do with racism? A Texas Ranger is somebody who polices an area in Texas. That's what it stands for. There is in no way even a single racial tie to that name and to start taking away baseball team names because one person believes somehow it's racist, then you're going to have to just take it all away and start over and start calling teams Team 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and Team A, B, and C. You know, let's keep it super neutral then. You want to take away all the fun and ruin everything because everyone's offended by stupid crap now? Well then, why don't we just take all the fun out of everything and start naming things just numbers? Because those don't offend people. Or maybe they do. Maybe somebody hates the number five because it reminds them of five years ago when something negative happened to them. Oh, that's offensive. We're going to have to take that away too and just skip from four to six. I don't understand what is happening here. I thought there was something called freedom of speech. We are allowed to say what we think and believe without facing punishment or negative comments or people just getting upset I mean, I don't understand what's happening here. Are we all becoming a bunch of mamby-pambies? Is that what it is? You know what? We can't have a statue of someone to remind us that the Republican Conservative North Union fought for the rights of slaves so that they could become citizens instead against the South. I don't understand why people are trying to wipe away history Pretend like it never happened. That's terrible. That is how you repeat it. So when it does repeat, none of us are going to sit back and say we told you so because we're all going to be destroyed. So there's not going to be anyone to say that. So how about instead of tearing down every single statue and defacing it and spraying graffiti all over stuff, we just realize it was wrong and we move on because that's what we originally did. And now we're reverting back to this old school mindset. Like we, like slavery just happened. Like yesterday, there were slaves. No, it was 150 plus years ago. So we need to leave it in the past and stop worrying about what these symbols mean. I mean, really, Aunt Jemima? People aren't even going to buy that product anymore because they won't recognize it. They recognize the name. And they recognize Mrs. Buttersworth, who apparently is also getting rebranded because, what, it's like a, a bottle of syrup and that makes it dark because the bottle is transparent so you can see what's inside and that makes it look like a black woman or something. I, I don't understand. No, it makes no sense to me because I don't think in a racist way, so I don't look at Mrs. Buttersworth and think anything racist. I just think... It's a bunch of high fructose corn syrup and sugar and I don't buy it because I prefer real maple syrup from Vermont or Canada. 
So does everyone remember in school reading a book called Into the Wild, written by John Krakauer? Yes, it was written in the 90s, and I believe in 2007, they made it into a movie which actually had, I think it had Vince Vaughn in it. Yes. Either way, so this movie and this book made a bus in Alaska famous. There was a bus, for some reason or another, out there in the middle of Alaska, in the deep, deep wilderness, in the Alaskan bush, if you will. And this kid in this story left his college life in Washington to hitchhike up to Alaska and to find this stampede trail which would lead you to the bus that he eventually stayed in for a few months before he decided to head out and back to civilization but while he was attempting to cross a river which was high from the melted glacier water and everything, he had he realized he had to turn back, he couldn't do it, and he went back to the bus where he survived for about another month before he died. Now this bus is famous for that story, and people across the world have attempted to walk the Stampede Trail to get to the bus. Some have died, some have been rescued, some have actually made it, but to avoid having people do this any further, the Alaskan government or state government has decided to pull this bus out with a helicopter. And they did it. They went in there with a chopper, strapped some cables to this bus, and took it out of there so that people can no longer visit the famous, the famous Chris McCandless bus that he lived in for a little while from the story Into the Wild, written by John Krakauer, yakety schmackety, yada yada. Well, I don't know where they're going to put this thing, but that is awesome. That they just flat out swooped in and launched that bus out of there. Also, this gives me a chance to see it. Because there was no chance that I was going to try and retrace his footsteps and make it to that bus on my own. I don't do that type of thing. I know my limitations. I wouldn't survive. Even a woman from Belarus went with her husband and tried to make it, and she ended up dying. Even a group of five hardcore hikers gave it a whirl and had to be rescued by the fire department and, you know, by a search and rescue team. People have tried for years to do this, and it's not a smart idea. So it's good to get rid of the bus because now there's nothing for them to venture to. And maybe they'll put it in a museum where we can sit, sip hot, hot coffee. Well, I can't speak anymore either. Sip hot coffee and look at this bus and perhaps even go into it. And you can still get that feeling that you're that kid who lived in that bus for like four months, living off whatever he could forage around there. Like, I mean, what's alive out there? What did he, what did he eat? I don't know. But I'm not trying to be in that predicament. I do want to be in that bus and see what it's like for about five to ten minutes in a museum-type setting. That would be awesome. Great news for Portland Trailblazers fans, as Zach Collins, who has been injured for virtually the entire season, has been cleared by doctors to return in the conclusion of the NBA season beginning July 30th. What fantastic news this is for Blazer fans, which means now they will have an extremely stacked basketball team ready 
to go the distance, I believe, and at least make it past the first round of the playoffs. They are going to have, returning from injury, Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic and possibly Rodney Hood and also their star, of course, Damian Lillard and their backup star, second to Damian, C.J. McCollum and their veteran star, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, this team is stacked. They've got Hassan Whiteside, who proved that he could take the reins of Zach Collins and make it almost as great. I don't know if Collins will even start or if it'll be Hassan Whiteside because of how great he's done this whole season. I mean, he blocked more shots than almost anybody and proved his worth for the Blazers big time. This means the Trailblazers are ready to make that playoff spot and possibly go as far as maybe even the Western Conference Finals, assuming they don't end up having to play the Clippers or the Lakers on that route to the Western Conference Finals, which they probably will play the Lakers. I mean, let's consider this. So the Blazers make the eighth spot. Well, the eighth spot usually plays the one spot. The one spot is the Lakers. Nobody's going to catch up to them. And that will put the Blazers in a predicament because, I mean, let's face facts. One of the best teams in the NBA is the Lakers. I'm not going to say they are the best team because things have changed. You know, they have the best record, yes, but it's been months since anybody's played. People have come back from injuries. People have decided whether or not they're going to play because of the COVID pandemic, if they're afraid of that, or the civil unrest and the BLM movement. This means there is a chance that the Blazers could actually maybe beat the Lakers. Now, I suspect that the team most likely to be able to put down the Lakers is the L.A. Clippers. So a rivalry between the L.A. teams is what I hope to see and what I expect to see of Victor being the Clippers in that dispute. But it won't matter to me if the Blazers play the Lakers because then I'll have my least favorite team in all sports, the Lakers, playing my most favorite team in all sports, the Blazers. Well, that's the best case scenario for me. Because that means I absolutely 100% want the Blazers to win, and I won't feel satisfied if the other team wins at all. You know, when I see two teams play, like the Clippers and the Blazers, that I both like, I like them both, you know, it's a struggle for me inside, inner turmoil. Do I want the Clippers to move on because I think they have a better chance against the Lakers, or do I want the Blazers to win because they're my number one team no matter what? Either way, if that scenario occurs, I'll be in a win-win because one of my teams will move on. But I suspect the Blazers will play the Lakers. They'll get the eighth spot. The Lakers will remain in first. And I suspect it'll be a shootout. And the fans will go wild. I hope you're ready for this. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we have all been waiting for. And that is Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst and Barbecue. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today I am going to tell you the wonderful story about when I floated the Barton to Carver in Oregon. Yes, that's a thing. It's called Barton to Carver. Basically, it's one of those scenarios where you pull a truck or car into the base of the Carver River. I think it's called the Carver. And then you drive with a van full of people all the way up to the top where the Barton connects to the Carver. 
and you park your car or your van up there, everyone unloads, blows up their rafts or their inner tubes or whatever you're going to float on, and then float all the way down the river back to that original truck, which will then shimmy somebody up to the van, which will then come back and get everybody. So, you know, it's kind of a process. You got to plan it out a little bit. Can't have too many people in too little vehicles. But the way we did it was great. We had a ton of people. We had a ton of vehicles. We had a ton of shimmying from top to bottom going on. Now, I had my young puppy who is now passed away, sadly, because this was many years ago. It was about 12, 13 years ago. I had my young puppy by the name of Rogue, not to be confused with a Nissan Rogue, but she was named after the character Rogue in X-Men because if you touched her, she was so cute. It was like she sucked the life and power out of you, just like Rogue would on X-Men if she wasn't wearing gloves. So I had my young puppy Rogue and a bunch of friends out there, and we decide to start swimming and getting in and start setting up our inner tubes and all that. And I realized Rogue was... She was not so small that she couldn't swim. I mean, she could swim fantastically. I've seen her swim everywhere. At that point, she was maybe half a year old. But it freaked her out because the water was running and it was a river-type scenario. So I immediately realized upon entering the river that my dog was not going to be down to swim even any of this and had to fully be on the one floating device that I brought. Now, I knew she was going to be on it for the most part with me. I thought I'd hold her on my lap, and I thought everything would be fine. But since she freaked out, she used her claws to dig a hole in half of my floating device. Now, luckily for me, the floating device I brought, which was one of those, like, bed floaties that you just kind of lounge on the whole time, it had two pieces to it, one that remained inflated, and the other that was deflated because my dog had ripped through it with her claws in fear. That meant that, of course, I was going to allow my young dog to float on the one remaining portion of the inflated device I brought, and I would then have to swim or float with my body the rest of the way. Which, by the way, this water is ice cold. It's freakishly cold. All water in Oregon is generally ice cold. I've never been to a body of water anywhere in the whole state, no matter what time of year it was, where it wasn't freakishly cold. Now, I've been to a few lakes in midsummer where it was like not unbearable. It was fine. But this river, Barton to Carver, is freakishly cold, and it was not a hot enough day for me to sit there and wade through it the entire time I floated the river, but I had no choice. It was all about taking care of my dog at that point. So I was sitting there shivering. And I was hoping the current would be a little bit faster, but it wasn't. It just slowly floated us, so slowly that everyone around me could enjoy their beers and smoke joints on their floating devices, while I remained drenched and ice cold in the water. Now the worst part about this is, when you get around some cliff edges, where there's you know some heightened elevation on either side of you, Each time you turn or wind through these river banks, the sun gets blocked by these heightened pieces of elevation and you're in the shade, in the cold water, 
no sun, nothing to dry you or keep you warm. You just freeze. And I, I was like doggy paddling out of this every time I would enter this zone of ice cold, you know, covering where there was shade and no sunlight at all. I mean, this was just not a good time. And I learned very quickly not to bring a young dog with me when you float the Barton to Carver. Other than that, it's usually a blast. You couldn't have more fun. You know, you sit there, you relax. Every once in a while, you stop in like a little patch of island in the center. And, you know, you go piss or you smoke a J or whatever you do. But I did not enjoy it whatsoever. My dog was freaking out the entire time. I think I scarred her for life. And I still shiver when I think about this trip. Now, I will recommend that if you do the Barton Carver, that you have a floating device that will remain inflated the entire time. No worries. Thick. You know, if you hit a rock or something, it won't gash it because a lot of people's devices were destroyed by the end of this thing, except people with like a heavy, thick inner tube. Or if you use like, if you straight up use an inflatable mattress, if you bring out one of those thick, you know, really quality Coleman inflatable mattresses, which you can inflate and deflate with an automatic connection that you just plug into your car or whatever. I mean, that's the way to do it right there because you got space. You can basically lay out a picnic on that thing while you're floating down the river. I made the mistake of getting a cheap Walmart lounge flotation device, half of which deflated right away and the other half I had to use to allow my dog to not freak out the entire time. <sighs> Lesson to be learned here, folks, is clear. Don't bring cheap stuff to float the Barton to Carver and don't bring a young puppy that's somewhat afraid of the river. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means the world for me to have listeners just like you. You're all so beautiful. I love each and every one of you. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, folks, I don't have a lot of songs about water to signify my trip down the Barton to Carver that went awry. However, I do have one, and it's called Rainwater by Brother Ali. Love it. Gonna play it for you. Here it is. The question was raised to me the other day. Why I seem to always have joy. But I'd like to take time to set the record straight. 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 Maybe I'll never know, but I 
I inherited his poetic soul, so the symbolism's yet to show. Was life so obscene, the depths more serene? Or was an old author trying to write his own closing scene? Nothing seems like knowing that the woman that gave me this life is being eaten from the inside. I thought we'd never make shit right. I wish I'd have viewed it once clear before you were done here. That's two in one year that I let leave here. Loving me without shedding one single tear. Either I'm one of the strongest people left, or y'all should stone me for even trying to steal breath. And God's rainwater flow through the same gutter that we walk today. You gotta stay brave, brother. Keep your lips stiff, keep your fists clenched. At times you gotta kick your way through this bitch. And God's rainwater flow through the same gutter that we walk today. You gotta stay brave, brother. Keep your lips stiff, keep your fists clenched. At times you gotta kick your way through this bitch They say shit's crappin' you all by yourself, ain't ya? Damn straight, I got a jail cell nature Been boxed up, but I never been settled in Him got tough, started developing leather skin I learned to make that face that tells predators It's better to reassess just who you about to wrestle with I'm on one like the first kick drum of the beat Clear my lungs, spit blood on the street They telling me we got nothing to fear but fear itself But I fear I have no human fear left Someday I'm gonna wanna peel back these calluses And really feel life again and ask for my challenges I've been kicking and biting for so long That when they throw me a rescue rope I'll be too weary to hold on and see the light So I sing through the tears in the key of life The way a wounded eagle might God's rainwater flow through the same gutter That we walk today Gotta stay brave, brother Keep your lips stiff, keep your fists clenched At times you gotta kick your way through this bitch And God's rainwater flow through the same gutter That we Walk today, gotta stay brave, brother Keep your lips stiff, keep your fists clenched At times you gotta kick your way through this bitch I sure left me, y'all She don't show her face around his parts Every time she comes, she get chased off So she stay distant If it weren't for me sweating, he wouldn't know the sun was out I hate every word to come out of his fucking mouth And ladies treat him special, don't know nothing about him They saw what his wife see, they wouldn't fuss about him He can't do shit right, but rap and make babies And babies need daddy, get home consistent But rap keep daddy on the road religious So even in my two loves, my soul so conflicted My son came into this world innocent He deserves everything that he needs to live in it And this home I made for him is broken I'm hoping his love for me will never grow thin It hurts daddy to no end and no win You're crying at the hospital, I'm out trying to rock the show I made a vow that we'd never be broke again And I'd never be a burden on another friend So when I'm sweating on my farewell stage And wrote my last hook in my last rhyme book When I get my last night of approval from my family This is the man that I have to be And God's rainwater flow through the same gutter that we walk today Gotta stay brave, brother, keep your lips stiff Keep your fists clenched At times you gotta kick your way through this bitch God's rainwater flow through the same gutter that we walk today Gotta stay brave, brother, keep your lips stiff Keep your fists clenched at times you gotta kick your way through this bitch And God's rainwater flow through the same gutter that we walk today Gotta stay brave, brother, keep your lips stiff, keep your fists clenched At times you gotta kick your way through this bitch Rainwater flow through the same gutter that we walk today Gotta stay brave, brother, keep your lips stiff, keep your fists clenched At times you gotta kick your way through this bitch